0: Hello and welcome to My Friend Irma from OTRGold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Lieber Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap with the exclusive super creamed blend, presents
2: Our Friend Swan with My Friend Irma.
1: Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgotten, theirs
0: will still be hot.
2: share an apartment together, I don't think one has any business telling the other how to live. However, if your roommate gets out of line once in a while, I believe it's perfectly all right to drop a gentle hint. After all, a word to the wise should be sufficient. Of course, if your roommate happens to be Irma Peterson, brother, there just ain't enough words in the dictionary. (laughs) Now, please understand me, me, Jane, Stacy, I love the girl. Now, I'll go along with her, although sometimes it isn't easy. For instance, the other night I was telling Irma about the lovely dinner party that I attended. I remarked that the table was set with community plate, and Irma said, Community plate? I wouldn't want everybody eating from the same dish.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> These things don't bother me. After living with Irma a while, you begin to feel like a handball court. Things just bounce off you. Besides, today is a day for celebration. Irma and I have bought a cute little spinet piano for our apartment. Of course, it's a luxury, but Irma and I are both working, and by skimping here and there, we'll be able to meet the payments. That reminds me. Honey. What, Jane? You know, we're going to make a payment on the piano today, and on the 19th of every month, so I've worked out a little budget for it. Well, I'll do just as you say, Jane. That'll be swell, honey. Yeah, i got to look over this work I brought home from the office. Oh, gee, Jen, your boss has such confidence in you. He trusts you with everything. Well, most bosses do. Not my boss. Mr. Clyde doesn't trust me with anything. He even puts pencils in the pencil sharpener for me. Why? I don't know. Maybe he's tired of pointed erasers. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, well, that happens once in a while. No, yesterday he called me a bonehead. What for? Well, just as I was opening my lunch, he asked me to get the bank deposit ready, and I got confused. Confused? Yes, because he called me from the bank and said they would not pay interest on three tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> well, honey, all jobs have their shortcomings. Not yours, Jane. You're a private secretary, and I'm a plain stenographer. And Mr. Clyde is always yelling at me, telling me I don't know my work. He can't find anything in the files, and when I run out of stamps, I have no business sending a letter COD. <laughs> Well, honey, you should do something about it. I am. What? I'm going to ask for a raise.
0: <laughs>
2: You're going to ask for a raise? Well, Jane, you know, the more they pay you, the more they respect you. Oh, wait a minute, sweetie. You can't do that. We're skating on thin ice right now. We just bought a piano. There are payments to be met. And what if Mr. Clyde fires you? Me? Huh. You wouldn't dare. I'm indispensable. I'm going right down and talk to him. Irma, listen, now, sweetie, Now, don't worry, Jane. Sake. Now, just leave it to me. I know how to handle Mr. Clyde. Besides, he's hinted many times that I'm in solid with him. In solid with him? Yes, he's often said I had a head like a rock.
0: <laughs>
1: Wait,
2: Irma, listen <laughs> to no, me, no, honey. No, no, please, Wait. Jane. When I come back, my position will be different. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs>
1: Well, Miss Peterson, what are you doing here on your afternoon off?
2: I want to speak to you, Mr. Clyde.
1: Well, please make it brief. This is the only chance I get to decipher what you've done all week. <laughs> By the way, as long as you're here, where did you file the letter to Smith and Smith?
2: Where it belongs, under C.
1: C. Mm-hmm.
2: Cough drops.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you. I had no trouble finding your letter to Liverpool. I looked under G. Oh, how did you know? Simple. Just remember your system. Liver is meat. A pool has water. Water and meat makes gravy. Look under G. (laughs) Now, uh, what's on your mind, Miss Peterson?
2: Mr. Clyde, you know the things I do around this office. Yes. You know how I talk to the clients. Yes. You know how I take care of everything. Indeed, I do. Well, I guess there isn't more to be said.
1: There isn't. You're fired. Let's pause right here. We'll
3: return to Marie Wilson as my friend Irma in a moment. (laughs) Dimension. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Hopalong Cassidy. Edgar Bergen. The Shadow. John and Blanche Bickerson. The Whistler. Choose from among thousands of downloadable old-time radio shows and spoken word titles at
0: MediaVet.com
3: the best voice on the net
0: yeah (laughs) and
3: now let's return to marie wilson and kathy lewis starring in my friend irma
1: Hello, Jane.
2: Oh, hello, Richard. I didn't expect you. What's on your mind?
1: Oh, nothing. I just thought to be passing by and... Say, what's this? When did you get the piano?
2: Just today. Oh.
1: Say, it's nice looking. Very nice tone. Yeah.
2: Irma and I always wanted one. It's expensive, but we'll pay it off slowly. Since we're both working, it won't be hard to... Excuse me, Richard. Hello? Hello, Jane. Honey, where have you been so long? Oh, places. What do you mean, places? What happened with your raise? I didn't get it. Oh. Well, cheer up, honey. Maybe some other day. Yes, some other company. Some other company? I got fired. Oh, Irma, won't you ever learn? How could you let yourself get fired at a time like this after we've just bought a piano, we've got payments to meet... Oh, don't worry, Jane. I have something good to tell you when I get home. Where are you? Around the corner. I wanted to break the news to you first. Mm. Well, hurry home. All right, Jane. Uh, I'm in the middle of a banana split, but I'll ask them to put it in the bag. (laughs) Goodbye, honey. Oh, what is she up to now? Now,
1: don't let it upset you, Jane. Oh,
2: Richard, where does that girl get her talent for doing the worst possible thing at the wrong time? So help me, if she wanted to join the Daughters of the American Revolution, she'd get Tokyo Rose to sponsor her.
1: (laughs) Well, is there any way that I can be of help?
2: No, 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 Richard, please. Now, Irma and I bought this piano. We're going to pay for it. I can meet my share of the obligation, and Irma will just have to pay hers from the $100 savings she has in the bank. Hello, Jane. Oh, hello, Richard.
1: Hello, Irma. Well, I was just leaving. I'll see you later, Jane. Goodbye.
2: Bye. Jane, you're not angry at me because I was fired. Well, frankly, I am, Irma. You were a fool to get yourself fired just when we needed the money so badly. But you'll probably get another job in a week or so. We can make the payment on the piano today because I, I just remembered that you have $100 in the bank.
0: <laughs> Irma?
2: Irma, why are you looking up the ceiling? When flies walk upside down, does the blood rush to their backs?
0: <laughs> Irma
2: Peterson, answer me. You have $100 in the bank? Oh, Jane, you see, it was like this. Oh, no, what no. but, but is no. But it's good news. I have a chance to get a job as a receptionist next week at the number one Park Avenue shop. A receptionist? Honey, that's the smartest shop in town. Well, all their receptionists come from the finest finishing schools. Honey, they're very ultra, the epitome of culture and refinement. I know. that. That's where I used my hundred dollars. I don't understand. Well, I want to get that job, so I bought a course in refinement, and it's its all here in this book. Oh, let me see it. How to become a lady in a week.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, Irma, you didn't spend a hundred dollars on... Oh, Irma. Come in.
3: It's only me, Professor Kropotkin.
2: (laughs) Girls,
1: I hope you don't mind my coming in here, but I'm hiding from Mrs. O'Reilly. She wants the rent.
2: Why don't you pay it, Professor?
1: By me, it's a principle. I refuse to pay rent for a room that's full of cats. Full of cats? Yes, in my room, they feel safe. They know even a dog wouldn't go in that place.
2: (laughs) Well, Professor, we have our troubles, too.
3: What has Irma done this time?
2: I lost my job. Yeah. Not only that, but she spent every cent she had on a phony course in self-improvement.
1: Erma, darling, don't try to become a lady. Stay the way you are. <laughs> I mean, so sweet and simple. Return the course and get your money back.
2: Yes, that's exactly what you're going to do because you're out of a job. And we need that hundred dollars desperately, or they'll take the piano, and we'll be the laughing stock of the neighborhood. Oh, I understand, Jane, but please don't mention a word of this to Al. Why not? Well, I want Al to have confidence in me, because you see, when he and I get married, I, I want to handle the money in the family. Yeah, well, I think that's fair. After all, you'll be the only one who's working. <laughs>
3: That's part one of The Book Crook, starring Marie Wilson as my friend Irma with Kathy Lewis as Jane, as originally broadcast back on January 19th, 1948. Say, do you know which radio actor starred as Perry Mason, Charlie Chan, Nero Wolfe, and Bulldog Drummond? I'll have the answer and a look at our next exciting show in a moment.
1: Attention fans of old-time radio. Call now and get the greatest old-time radio shows of the 20th century as selected by Walter Cronkite at an amazing $20 off the $59.98 catalog price. 60 programs and 20 cassettes are written and audio forward by Walter Cronkite and a booklet with rare photographs and show histories. Order now. 1-800-RADIO-48. That's 1-800-723-4648.
2: the floor, waiting for Irma to come back with the hundred dollars that she spent on that worthless culture course. Oh, gee. I hope she gets it, because there's a payment due on the piano. I don't want to be at the keyboard playing ballerina while two truck drivers dance off with the piano. Hello, Jane. Irma, did you get the money? No, there was a note on the door, out to lunch. I think Mr. Bauer likes Mexican food. Mexican food. Yes, because the policeman in front of his office said this guy is headed for the border. Oh. Irma, there goes the hundred. Are you angry, Jane? All I know is that I've been living with you for a year and everything you've bought in that time has been a swindle. First, that refrigerator. Well, everybody buys a refrigerator. Without a motor? (laughs) Well, the man said that, that without any moving parts it would last longer. Oh, Jane, maybe they're coming for the piano. Shall I hide it?
1: Yes, put it
2: under the rug. Come in.
3: Hello, Jane. Hi, chicken.
2: Hello, Al, honey.
3: Well, kids, I've done it again.
2: Oh, Al, not another one of your deals. What is it this time, dipping tapioca in ink and selling it for caviar? <laughs>
3: What's the matter with you, Jane? You seem bitter.
2: Me? Bitter? Oh, don't be silly, Al. I feel wonderful. In fact, I'm going to take a little trip. I'm going out of my mind.
3: (laughs) Inhibited day. Chicken, what's up?
2: Al, I got fired.
3: Fired? Chicken, how can you tamper with my future like that? (laughs) That's the worst news I've heard.
2: No, it isn't, Al. I also spent my life savings on this course.
3: Let me see. How to Become a Lady in a Week. Oh, Chicken, you shouldn't have bought this book. Hey, what'd you pay for it? A
2: hundred dollars.
3: A hundred dollars? Chicken, I think you've laid an egg again.
2: Well, there must be something else we can do.
3: Yeah, well, if there is, there's only one man who can help
2: us. Who, Al?
3: Who else but... Hello, Joe. Al. Got a problem. Gotta find a job. For me, Joe, don't be funny. It's for Irma. She got fired. Want something in her line. Yeah, well, Irma does typing. Yeah, you remember, the one who typed that letter for your cousin Willie, asking the governor for a pardon? Yeah, well, Joe, don't be sore. She just left out one word. I know she was supposed to write, I am not guilty, and she left out the not. <laughs>
0: just one word among
3: friends. And you're still sore, huh? Don't want to help her. All right, forget it, Joe. Goodbye.
2: Well, what are we going to do now?
3: Oh, no, Chicken. Looks kind of hopeless. Oh. oh, take it easy, Chicken. Oh,
2: no, I'm a burden to all my friends. I treat them all like beasts. That's what I am, a beast of burden. Chick, chicken.
3: Oh, the poor kid.
1: Come in. Hello, Al.
3: Oh, hi, Richard. Hey, where's Jane and Irma? Jane's out for a walk. Irma's in the bedroom, crying.
1: Oh, about her job, eh? Yeah, yeah, She's taking it pretty hard. Well, that's why I dropped by here. Now, I might have a job for her. Oh. Irma. Irma, please come out. This is Richard. I want to talk to you.
2: Hello, Richard.
1: Tell her the good news, Richard. Well, it isn't definite, but I just left the house, and Mother's having tea with Powell Stuyvesant, the editor of Society Magazine. Now, he employs any number of girls, and I thought I might talk to him in the morning about employing you.
2: Oh, Richard, you're so sweet. I could kiss you, but then Al would have to kiss Jane and we'd get all mixed up.
1: (laughs) Well, I uh, think I'll run over to Papillon Restaurant and see if Jane's there. Now, Irma, I'll call Mr. Stuyvesant in the morning and have him get in touch with you. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. Isn't it wonderful, Al?
1: Just got an idea,
3: chicken. What, Al? Why should we wait until tomorrow? Job might be filled. Why don't we drop in on Mrs. Rhinelander now and meet Mr. Stuyvesant socially? Make a big impression. Might even get a better job. But, Al, we weren't invited. We're in the clear. We got an excuse. We'll say we're looking for Richard. No, he won't be there.
2: But, Al, do you think it's right?
3: Chicken, all big deals are not made in the office. It's on the golf course, at tea, at at cocktails, at bridge. You got to handle it like the big shots do.
0: Oh, but
2: Mr. Stuyvesant is editor of Society Magazine, and Mrs. Rhinelander is... Oh, Al, I'll be so nervous... Uh, maybe I ought to read the book on culture and get some points.
3: That book is a fake. I know the right things to say. We'll give it all to you in a nutshell.
2: Oh, uh,
3: all right, Al. I'm ready. Fine. Now, first, upon entering a mixed crowd, make conversation of general interest. Now, these people are high society, so we discuss the cabots and the lodges.
2: The cabots and the lodges.
3: Also, you drop a comment that you are getting ready for the horse show. You got it? I've got it. Okay, chicken, we go. Strike while the iron is hot. If things go right, in an hour, you should have a swell job amongst classy people.
2: All right, Al. Oh, uh, just a minute while I take everything out of my handbag.
3: Well, why are you doing that, chicken?
2: Well, the book said a polite guest never arrives at a party loaded.
0: <laughs>
3: All right, chicken. Now, before we ring, have you got everything straight?
2: Uh, I make general conversation, uh... Uh, I'm getting ready for the horse show, oh, and sure. I talk about the cabots and lodges. And... Okay, I'll ring. Oh, Elmer
3: Al, what a pleasant surprise. What are you doing in the neighborhood? Uh, we uh, we uh, just dropped by to see Richard.
2: But we know he's not in. Please do.
3: <laughs> you look very lovely, Mrs. Rhineland. Well, thank you. Won't you come in?
2: Irma, I've never seen you looking so attractive. Thank you. I'm getting ready for the horse
0: show. Your holy now,
2: <laughs> Irma now while you're here, I'd like to have you meet my guest, Mr. Paul Stuyvesant. Paul, this is Irma Peterson and her boyfriend, Al. How do you do? Delighted.
3: Dorothy, now that your friends are here, how about a rubber of bridge?
2: Bridge? Well... Delighted.
3: Grand thought.
2: Well, then let's sit at this table.
0: Irma, how would you
2: like to be partners with Mr. Stuyvesant? Oh, I'd rather work my way up slowly.
0: Uh...
3: Girl's got a great sense of humor. Uh, are these the cards? Yes. Mind if I count them first? I beg your pardon. A mere formality. Save me many a buck. Uh,
2: shall we make a polite conversation? If you find it necessary, Emma. Mr. Stuyvesant, do you know the Cabot's?
3: No, I've never had the pleasure. Do you know them?
2: Well, I've never been to the Cabot's home, but I've been to their lodge. <laughs> Shall we deal?
1: Yes, quickly.
2: Uh, let's see now. Uh, uh, what's of mutual interest to everybody?
3: Chicken, you're supposed to make conversation, but it don't mean you can't stop.
2: <laughs> One spade. Two diamonds. Seven, no trump.
3: I uh, beg your pardon. I didn't get my partner's bid.
2: Seven, no trump.
3: Seven, no trump. If you folks don't mind, I'd like to see my partner's hand. Miss Peterson, how can you make a bid like that?
2: Why not?
3: You're vulnerable. You haven't got an honor.
2: Mr. Stevenson, I'm not discussing your character. I don't see why you should discuss mine. Take it easy,
3: chicken. Oh, Mrs. Rhinelander, this is impossible. I think I'll be running away. No, no,
2: no, please. Please, Powell, I can explain. Gee, Al, I think I made a wonderful impression.
3: Don't know about that, chicken, but you sure performed a great trick.
2: What was it, Al?
3: You changed a four-handed bridge game in a double solitaire.
2: Oh, hello, honey. I've been waiting for you. Hello, Jane. I ran into Richard. He told me the wonderful news. He's has got to speak to Mr. Stuyvesant first thing in the morning about a job for you. Oh, Jane, I, I don't think I'll get along very well with Mr. Stuyvesant... Well, sweetie, you haven't even met the man. How do you know? Well, that's silly, Jane. I've never taken poison, but I know I wouldn't like it. Irma, what are you talking about? Jane, if that's Richard, don't answer it. Why not? It may be a wrong number. Irma, you're really acting ridiculous, Dad. Hello? What, Richard? Yeah, yeah, she just came in. No, she wouldn't tell me where she's been. She. What? At your mother's playing bridge with Mr. Stuyvesant. What happened? Oh, Richard, is your mother angry? She's not. Oh, bless her. Are you angry? You're not. What about Mr. Stuyvesant? He's what? He's given up cards, has locked himself up in the Harvard club and refused to
0: <laughs>
2: Oh, Richard, you're kidding. Was it really that bad? I see. Excuse me, Richard. I want to have a talk with Irma. Bye. Irma. Irma Peterson, how could you? Oh, I'm sorry, Jane. We were so anxious to get the job, and we wanted to do it the social way. You know, a strike while the iron is hot. Well, you certainly cooled it off. <laughs> oh, honey, goodness knows when you'll get a job, and they'll take the piano back, and how we pay our bills, and I just... Oh, Irma. Hello?
0: Who? Mr. Clyde? Yes, Mr. Clyde. You want me to come back to work?
2: Why? Oh, because you don't know where anything is, and you have to go to a psychiatrist anyway. Yes, sir, Mr. Clyde, I'll be there first thing in the morning. Well, the
0: household at
2: 8224 West 73rd Street is back on a paying basis. I'm working, and Irma's got her old job with Mr. Clyde back. So the piano's here to stay, and Irma practices it diligently. You know, sweetie, I'm delighted in your interest in music. Why do you practice standing up? I have to. I'm learning the Star Spangled Banner. (laughs) Well, there's nothing I can say except hats off to my friend Irma.